0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ubaldi Reports. This presidential election cycle has been one for the ages. I mean, can you believe that a reality TV star would be the Republican nominee for president and that a 74-year-old socialist would challenge the establishment candidate of Hillary Clinton? And in that matter, Hillary Clinton cannot seem to put away Bernie Sanders for the Democratic nomination. But the question is, what brought on this phenomenon of Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders, which has captivated both the left and the right of the political spectrum? Well, for the first part of this is both of them are kind of intertwined. The American public is disgusted and just reviling the establishment or basically Washington, D.C. Now, they're seeing the economy to most people is rigged. They see the top 1% gain most of the wealth, where the middle class, the really, heart and blood of America, the middle class, is getting rolled by this economy. Now, President Obama, in a New York Times article about a week or so ago, he championed that the economy is doing really well, don't listen to the naysayers, and it's probably the best economy on the planet. And it's the best economy, and I guess in his statement, world history. But you gotta look deeper into that and you gotta be you gotta get out of the political spin. Most Americans see the economy is rigged against them. Now the unemployment rate is 5.0, which would be almost close to full employment. But if you look at the labor participation rate, those people employed in the labor force is at its lowest level since 1978. Now, if the labor participation rate was the same as of January 2009, the unemployment rate would be close to 10%, hardly a booming economy. And also in that same vein, if the unemployment rate being as low as it is at 5.0%, then why is more people in poverty than there were in 2009 or 2008, more people on food stamps, more people on public assistance, than any time, or at least um, more now than there was in 2008 when the president got elected. So this puts some challenges for the Democrats on this vein because they're all running off the record of the Obama economy. Now, if you listen to Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton discuss, they see that the economy is not doing well. There's so many people left out. But the Democrats have been running the economy since, 2009. So they have to look at Barack Obama's economy, and this, and he's trying to say it the other direction. Now, for Donald Trump, he gets his support from people who are just dissatisfied. They Republicans elected a Republican-controlled House in 2010, and in 2014 they gained control of the Senate. But they're still seeing their lives not improve, and they want someone to stop what Barack Obama's doing. The, the problem with that is. And syndicated columnist Charles Krauthammer made a point on this. I understand the angst that they have against Washington, but unless you control the executive branch, you can't govern from one branch of government, which is the Congress. If the president doesn't go along with anything, there's nothing you can do. Now, you can shut down the government, but every time the Republicans do that, they get a blame for whatever problems arise from that. So... These are the challenges both sides um, have that brought on the phenomenon of Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. But then you also have to look at the recession ended in June of 2009. Now, President Obama said, well, look what I inherited. I saved us from going off the cliff. Now, if you take that argument, but the recession ended in 2009 before his stimulus and all the other programs and policies that he enacted in that, you know, jumpstart the economy took effect. So a lot of it had to do with the bailouts of the banks, and we won't go into that, but a lot of that preceded him, and he just continued them. So to say that he saved America from the collapse, it goes both ways, and it's kind of dubious from there. But from that point, Americans also seen, let's look at the fate of the U.S. economy. Just recently, last month, the gross domestic product for january february march was only 0.5 barely growing the us economy now some economists attribute well that's just a one-time aberration we always have a slow first quarter but we we boom from there well that let's let's take that argument as the case but still we haven't had robust growth to overset that lackluster first quarter growth and Even if we do have robust growth, we're still not going to be over 3% growth for the whole uh, gross domestic product for 2016. Now, this is the first time in U.S. history that the the current occupant of the White House, President Obama, or whoever it would be, but President Obama, he's the steward of the economy for the last eight years, has never had above 3% growth. And the economy has not grown 3% or higher since 2005. So the last two presidents, President Bush and President Obama, have not been the greatest stewards of the economy. And actually, the last 20, 30, 25 years, we've not seen the middle class see their wages substantially grow. So you can see that um, these are some of the problems that are facing the American public. Now you take into the phenomena of Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. Donald Trump... His supporters—they just want to. They're really disgusted with the uh, Republican establishment, and they want someone who's different, someone who's not a politician. That's Donald Trump. Now, for Bernie Sanders, his supporters seem to tap into that socialist viewpoint that we can get free college, we can have free health care, everything free. But even his proposals to pay for it would substantially increase. the federal government into our lives and also substantially increase taxes now there's some are saying he wants to get ninety percent uh tax rate well that you know he hasn't said that but it's going to be above well above fifty percent and how would this affect the u s economy because we're already seeing because of the Byzantine and really chaotic uh, tax system a lot of corporate um businesses have money parked overseas up to the tune of $3 trillion. That's not being spent back here because if they bring that profit back, they get taxed at a much higher rate. So if they make their money abroad and they bring it back, they're going to get hit hard. So that's why that money is parked overseas. Would that be exacerbate the problem if they substantially reduce the, the rate and just spend? So these are some of the things. And then also nobody has discussed on either side is – Small businesses. More small businesses are leaving the economy than coming in. So now all you have really is just corporate companies and scattering of small businesses. But the lifeblood of the U.S. economy has always been small business. More than 60% of Americans work for a small business with 60 employees or less. So you can see the need why... You see the rise on both sides. there's a huge angst out there, and nobody has really gathered that now on um, Donald Trump. his supporters have aligned himself with him Bernie sanders his supporters aligned himself with this, and those are mainly the young people. I would say basically anybody from forty or forty five years old or younger are going to be supporting Bernie Sanders so this has kind of upset the the both the establishment of both political parties, but now we're going into the election. Well, it looks like Donald Trump will have the Republican nominee. Barring anything happening with the scandals, with the email and the foundations and the um, State Department, you're going to see Hillary Clinton be the presumptive nominee for the Democrats. The question is, you have two candidates, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, who are disliked by 60 percent of the American people. So whoever wins the presidency is going to govern already – most of Americans do not like them. Even their members of their own party don't like them. So how would they govern when their own party, as a first-time president, really doesn't like them, and then they have a solid majority of the American people do not like them? So we're almost going into this election is, who do you like the least? That's a difficult proposition for most Americans to um, to go through. But as we discuss things regarding the U.S. economy in this presidential election, the question I keep going back to is, have we do we really know what these candidates are going to do? Hillary Clinton and I'll throw Bernie Sanders in the mix and Donald Trump with the economy, because the Wall Street Journal came out with a report back in I think in December, and they say well, if they take all Bernie Sanders' proposals, taxes, whatever, it would increase federal spending by 18 trillion dollars. That's the, as much as the U.S gross national product is now. So nobody's addressed how would that affect the U.S. economy. And then Hillary Clinton is almost like a Bernie Sanders light. She runs to the far left, and this is where most people don't really know. Is that where she currently believes, or is she going to triangulate to the center and say, I just did that to get to the primary, and this is how I'm going to be more of a centrist like her husband, ran in the 1990s. We really don't know at this point. But even if she did move to the center, she would alienate all those voters on the who supported Bernie Sanders who really just don't trust her. So this election really is going to be a fundamental shift in the US um electoral process for for president. And what I mean by that, we have a fundamental choice to make. What what role do we want the federal government to be? Do we want to ex- do an, a greater expanse of the federal government or do we want to have market forces, more of a business uh, approach to it? So these are some of the fundamental aspects that we have. Now, if you do a mar- um, the, the Democratic model, we want to enlarge the federal government as Bernie Sanders wants a one-payer system for health care and a lot of things to end the student loan debt, which is very high and no reason should – that students should have that high of student debt coming out of um, college. But the question is, no one has really addressed the issues. We're only focusing on the the, um, the symptoms and not the cause of high student loan debt. So we have to make choices. And this is where the American people need to be better informed of what, what direction they want the federal government to go. They want a larger federal government or a smaller federal government. Now, One thing that really hasn't been addressed is the national debt. And I don't know, Donald Trump says he can balance it, the national debt in eight years, and every economist says there's no way you can do that. He can make substantial improvements in it, but there's no way you can actually eliminate the national debt within eight years, especially after he said he will not touch Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Now, the only way to, or one great aspect to solving the national debt is you're going to have to address the entitlement system. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, interest on the debt, and you will have to throw in the Affordable Care Act because that's another entitlement program. And this is something that's going to have to be addressed because in January of 2018, the Cadillac tax, these are those very expensive health care plans, mainly the unions have this, and the unions were all against that after the Affordable Care Act once they realize that they're going to hit hard on that. Now Hillary Clinton had mentioned that she would waive that, or at least stated she would waive it. The problem with that, if you waive that, that was one of the ways to pay for the Affordable Care Act. Now, in November 1st of this year, when they start to do the enrollment period for the health care law, everybody's going to see a sizable increase in their deductibles and premiums as they sign up for the new health care system. So this is right before the election. So these are some of the issues that Americans are going to have to face. Now there's also talk and I don't know how true this is, but there's been rumblings or rumors that the Federal Reserve is purposely keeping interest rates low just to get through this election. So when the next president takes office, it wouldn't fall. It wouldn't. They can't say to blame Barack Obama. So that's something that has to be looked into and see how. Because interest rates have only been raised one time, and that was in December of last year. The last time they raised interest rates was 2008. So. And that also contributes to this greater income inequality gap because if interest rates are zero, you're not going to make much money on banking, you know, you know, know, checking, savings, and everything. The only place to, to get a sizable return on your investment is the stock market. Who plays the stock market? The wealthy. So this is something that has to be dealt with. But the purpose of this podcast is to really challenge the candidates, whether it's Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, or Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump – Makes a big hay about trade deals we've been getting roiled for the last number of years now there's a lot that I agree with parts of what he's saying but when he wants to put tariffs on Chinese goods, that becomes problematic because we all remember well if you remember history the smoot Howley uh, tariff deal in the nineteen nineteen thirty that contributed to the, the the continued expanse of the uh, or continuation of the great Depression. So, but we still don 't know what he means by what would he do differently on trade taxes what would he do differently on taxes? He seems to come back and forth like he would tax the wealthy then he wouldn't he would leave those making below a certain amount and not pay taxes because currently about forty five to forty six percent of Americans don't pay any tax at all, whether they don 't make enough or whether they 're not working they 're just not paying enough taxes so these are some of the things that have to be addressed. And then the other thing is neither party is addressing this, the huge increase of federal spending. What would they do differently? Now, you know, Democrats always talk about um, the Department of Defense, but no one's really, they, they use that as a rallying cry, but no one's shown what areas of the Department of Defense would you cut? What would you eliminate? What weapon system you have? Because the U.S. Army informed Congress they don't need any more tanks or they not want to upgrade their tank force well lo and behold I think it was about two billion dollars more came to upgrade their tanks so that money could be used for something else or to reduce our national debt now Republicans are equally um, at fault in this I remember Chris Christie was asked what area would you, what agency department or program would you eliminate and he automatically went to Planned Parenthood now we're not going to go into that topic but if you'd all Republicans really don't like Planned Parenthood. That's an easy one. But that's only $500 million. Now, that may seem a lot to the average Americans, but we got a 19, almost $20 trillion debt. What areas, what would you roll back? What would you change? Because you remember, if you cut one program or agency, there's many people who who like that agency. So it comes back to this. One man's pork is another man's, Job creation, so it goes both ways. So, but no one has um, discussed that. Now, Hillary Clinton, in her run up for the election, like I said earlier, Bill Clinton ran after his first two years when he triangulated to be a new new Democrat. He, you know, he cut taxes. He did a lot of things that improved the economy. Well, Hillary Clinton is running the opposite. Now, she said she would put her husband in charge of the U.S. economy, but she's the president. What role would he play? Now, she's already stated that she would propose over $1 trillion in new taxes. Well, how would that affect the economy? What are her views on the Federal Reserve? Because she's come out with some controversial views about reform in the Federal Reserve. How would she do that? She mentioned, let's get rid of the bankers off that. Okay, if that's the case. But let's be more specific because if you start to change things, especially at the Federal Reserve, And I know people rail against it. It has unintended consequences. So what you say on the campaign trail may not be reality when it comes to public policy. So how would you do that? And what would you do? How would you slow the growth of government? You can't just balance the the, the budget off Department of Defense. What would you do differently that we're not doing now? And specifically to Hillary Clinton, you are running off the obama record to gather support on the democratic primary voters i got that but my question what would you do differently that, that that president obama didn't do he regulated the economy as most business say he overregulated it he raised substantial tax taxes are higher now since the last time they've been this high was in 2000 before the bush tax cuts took effect so what would you do differently how would you improve the economy that was different than Barack Obama would you continue or would you amp up what he tried to do and couldn't couldn't get accomplished? So these are some of the issues that have to be discussed. And then it comes to Obamacare. This is something Obamacare, the regulatory burden on business and small businesses how do you increase small business? How do you get capital to small business? And I know when you go to Hillary Clinton's website, she talks about getting you know freeing up capital, but the dodd-frank, financial regulatory um, bill that was passed in 2010 to rein in the abuses of Wall Street, this is hurting capital getting to small business because they were supposed to punish the big banks and they ended up punishing the small regional banks who weren't responsible for the financial collapse. So what? how would you reconcile all these things? And like I said, and I mentioned a few minutes ago, is Obamacare. No matter who becomes president, Republicans talk about We're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. My question is, how would you do that when you're not going to have 60 senators when Barack Obama became president? He had 60 Democratic senators and a supermajority in the House. How would you do that when you're not going to get, even if the Democrats take the Senate, they'll gain it by a seat or two, but they're not going to have anywhere close to 60 senators. How would they fix Obamacare? What would you do differently? Hillary Clinton keeps talking about we're going to, really fix Obamacare. We're going to make changes and we're going to expand Obamacare. How, what, and what would you do differently than is currently being done today? And for Republicans, if the Democrat, if a Republican wins the White House, even if they retain or not retain the Senate, how would you repeal and replace? What senators? You would need at least 10 or more Democratic senators to cross over to repeal and replace Obamacare. What would you do? Now, D- Donald Trump gave... Some vague ideas, but there were not complex issues. Because you got people that are on it, are using it now. How would you expand it? What would you do differently? And this all ties into the economy because if you talk to any small business leader or small business owner, not corporate America, small business, they are getting railed on Obamacare mandates. They're getting killed on Dodd-Frank financial overhaul mandates and all the regulatory burden that's coming coming down. Now, right now there's a a primary election in Kentucky. Hillary Clinton got clobbered in West Virginia because she made a statement that she wants to drive out all those people who work in the coal and get rid of all the coal companies. Well, that's a big job job creator in Virginia. That's why she lost, and no one knows what's going to happen tonight in Kentucky, but Kentucky is also on the eastern part of very big coal country. What would you do? What would she do differently? And those words have come back to bite. So both Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, and Bernie Sanders for that matter, need to be challenged on their assumptions how they would fix the US economy. What would they do differently, especially for Clinton and Sanders that hasn't been done by President Obama, because they're the same party, and for Donald Trump, you keep saying you have a you're a businessman. You can get great deals. How would you do that? You're not going to be negotiating all the deals. You're going to give direction. Who is going to be your chief negotiators on this? Who is going to be your chief advisors on financial matters, the economy? These are some of the things we just don't know. And this is where the media needs to challenge these candidates because so far they have not challenged any of the candidates. They just listen to their pronouncements and let it go at that. And they spend more time – debating the nuances of the, the, um, especially on the Republican side, all the theatrics of Donald Trump and his fights against the Republican establishment. And they spend time talking about Hillary and how she's not likable and the, the contention between the Sanders voters and her. But nobody has ever challenged these candidates and quit having them set up deals when they meet the press. Let's just have a straightforward anything's off any everything is on the table when it comes to the economy and questions on it. That's for both sides. Don't let the candidates make the the determination. We need to know this because when we have elect this person, we we got 4 years. If we if they fail, that means we got to wait 4 years basically to 2021 when the next president takes office. So we need to know how this is going to be done. So I challenge my listeners to really challenge your candidate. Get more informed. I don't care if you're liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat. Challenge your your uh, your person. Challenge these candidates, and let's get, let's get serious because if we don't, we're going to rue the day that we didn't do this. And that's why I keep doing these podcasts. I'm going to keep continue to doing these podcasts. If you get a chance, sign up to Stitcher and iTunes. It's free. Sign up. Let me know what you think. And keep going. Now, also, before I forget, I have a book out on Amazon. It's a bestseller called The New Business Brigade, Why Businesses Need to Hire Veterans and the Untapped Resource They Represent. You can get it on Amazon. It's a hard copy. It's also a Kindle version. You can go to any of the major bookstores like Barnes & Noble, do the same thing there. Again, it's Why Businesses Need to Hire Veterans. Titled The New Business Brigade and the Untapped Resource They Represent. But again, keep continuing to listen to Ubaldi Reports. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and on um actually to my website called Ubaldi Reports. Let me know what you think. And I'll try to um if you want me to follow something, research something, or just talk about something, we will do that. So keep following me on Ubaldi Report and keep listening and listen next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Ubaldi Reports.